0: Today's episode is brought to you in part by Logos. Logos combines digital books with intelligent software to help you study the Bible deeply. Do word studies with one click, search for virtually anything in your Bible, and enjoy dozens of features that help you see more in Scripture. Right now, you can find my book, Virtuous Persuasion, A Theology of Christian Mission, as well as get a listener discount on Logos by visiting logos.com slash mnebauer. That's logos.com slash M. At the heart of Christianity is a belief in Jesus. Who is Jesus, and why is he important? Was he just a human being who was a good teacher? Was he an angel? What do we believe about Jesus when we say that we believe in Jesus? Welcome to This We Believe, the podcast where we explain the essential texts of the Christian faith. My name is Dr. Michael Niebauer. Last episode, we discussed God the Father and the creation of the world. God created the world with order, beauty, and harmony. However, our experience with the world is oftentimes the opposite. We experience the broken and ugly chaos of a world steeped in sin. This, I think, is obvious to any of us who takes a second to reflect. We look all around us and we see a world that is beautiful but broken. Now, it is out of love that God created the world, and as we will discover today, it is out of love that God the Father sends God the Son to heal and rescue this broken world. Today we're going to discuss the second stanza of the Apostles' Creed, which asserts a belief in Jesus Christ, the only Son of God our Lord, born of the Virgin Mary. These lines get at the identity of Jesus. The statement that Jesus is the Son of God our Lord strikes at the heart of Jesus' identity and really the core of all Christian belief The simplest expression of the Christian faith occurs in the Gospel of John when Thomas touches the wounds of the risen Christ and exclaims, My Lord and my God. This is a declaration that Jesus, this human being who lived 2,000 years ago, is God, and by calling Jesus Lord, it is a declaration that one agrees to follow and trust him above anyone and anything else in this world. One of the ways that we can understand the fact that Jesus is the Son of God is to say that Jesus is fully human and fully divine. Jesus is not a human being who earns divinity through good works, nor is he a kind of angelic apparition. He's not half human and half God like some sort of centaur. Instead, Christians believe that this one God, the God that exists above and before all creation, the God that created all things, entered into human flesh 2,000 years ago, becoming a person born of the Virgin Mary. This is what Christians call the Incarnation. Now, why is it significant for us that Jesus is fully God and fully man? It's significant because it tells us that we can now relate to God as a person. Now, we can think of God as omnipotent and infinite, But if we can only conceive of God in this way, it's going to be difficult for us to relate to God. God is going to seem unrelatable, distant, or abstract. But since God has descended to become one of us, this enables us to know God as a person and to know God personally. Think about the difference between knowing about someone and knowing them personally. Think about a famous person today maybe a famous politician or your favorite athlete or actor or actress, you can know a lot of information about these people. You can know where they were born, you can know their habits, you can know seemingly their entire history. But none of this information really compares to actually meeting them in person and becoming friends with them. You see, without Jesus, our relationship with God would be kind of like our relationship to famous people. We would know about God, but not know God personally. But since Jesus is fully God and fully human, we can now relate to God on a human-to-human, person-to-person level. And this is the significance of Jesus' identity. If Jesus isn't fully a human person, then we couldn't relate to God on a personal level. If Jesus isn't fully God then we would not have a relationship with the God of the universe. Jesus would be only another dead historical figure that we had some information about. Furthermore, by becoming human, God entered into the human experience. Jesus lived a fully human and ordinary life, experiencing everything we experience except for sin. We see this when the Creed states that Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary. God allows himself to become a crying infant, dependent upon a teenage mother for food, shelter, and comfort. God experienced childhood and adulthood. Jesus was hungry, tired. He had close friends whom he loved and wept for. He also experienced pain and abandonment. This means that for us, when we experience these things, we can now relate to God as one who has, in essence, been there before. Think about a difficult event in your life. Maybe the death of a loved one or a traumatic health event. Oftentimes, it is so helpful for us to talk through this event with others who have experienced something similar. This is the rationale behind support groups. Those who have experienced traumatic events find support in those who have experienced the same. You see, now through Jesus, we can have this kind of support from the very God of the universe. In the Bible, it goes on to expand on Jesus' identity by stating that he is the image of the icon of the invisible God. What does this mean? Well, first, an image is something that we can picture in our mind. Through Jesus, we can have a personal relationship with God. And this means that when we pray, we can pray to a person. When we ask for something, we picture Jesus seated at the right hand of the Father. When we ask for forgiveness, we picture Jesus on the cross. When we hope for an end to our suffering, we picture Jesus resurrected from the dead. Second, an image is a kind of gateway. Think here of an icon on a computer desktop. That icon is an image that serves as the starting point, an entryway, into a much bigger computer program. That icon is supposed to both sum up the entire contents of the program and be an entryway into that program. You see, Jesus is the image of the invisible God, and this means that Jesus both, um, we could say, sums up God, but is also an entryway into the Father and the Holy Spirit. Through Jesus, we have access to the God who created everything. Through Jesus, we have access to the source of all that is good, true, and beautiful. Jesus calls himself the way, the truth, and the life. And he says that no one comes to the Father except through him. This is an incredible and challenging sentence. On the one hand, it means that there are no other entryways to God. We can't get to God on the strength of our own ideas or the strength of our deeds. We can't find God by looking inside of us and searching our souls. We find God by looking outside of us to an encounter with Jesus. But this also means that if we do turn to Jesus and follow him as Lord, we have a never-ending journey ahead of us, a journey of continual growth in knowledge, of truth, of life, and love. Third, as the perfect image of the invisible God, Jesus is the perfect model by which we are created in the image of God. In Genesis 1, it states that human beings are the pinnacle of God's creation, and we are unique amongst the rest of creation, in that we are created in the image of God. We are created as this image through Jesus, who is the perfect model. Now, because of sin, our image is distorted and fractured. Because of sin, we are broken images of God. And so the perfect image, God the Son, enters into humanity, born of the Virgin Mary, Ultimately, to restore our image, to repair the damage done by sin, and enable us to have a true and whole relationship with God. Now, how does Jesus heal our damaged image? What exactly does he do in order to address this problem of sin, death, and brokenness in the world? We will begin to answer these questions next time, as we move from Jesus' identity to Jesus' mission. Which culminates in his death on the cross and resurrection. I'd like to thank you for joining me today on This We Believe. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd ask that you take a second to text a link to a friend or two who might benefit from this podcast. You can also leave us a review on Apple podcasts. If you'd like to connect further, please visit our Facebook page at This We Believe podcast. Or you can send us an email at thiswebelievepodcast at gmail.com. Take care and God bless.